This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one range of podcasts. Busher Break events. Welcome to the Busher Break I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Gregory, say hello. Minding my own fucking business this weekend, Ryan. I'm getting right into it. I'm, wow. a, little, I'm a little hot. I'm a little hot. Just cursing right uh, away. Uh, hello, Grandpa Red. <laughs> or Terry. Terry. You dick. <laughs> Don't make me cut <laughs> twice. <laughs> uh, Minding my own damn business this weekend, yes, Ryan. In fact, I was would. settling in to watch some college football, mm-hmm. as I am one to do on a Saturday these days. Um, as as the show, many people who stay at home do, yes. Good good friend of the show, fun follow on Twitter, Katie Spins, mm-hmm. uh, posts a picture asking people how much her Charizard hologram Pokemon card should reasonably worth, be worth. Yes, it Don't was think a... twice about it, Ryan. I look at the picture. Uh-huh. I go, damn, that's a nice card. I do wonder how much it's going to be worth. Yep. But then for some reason, in that moment, I don't know why. I clicked on it. I looked a little closer. Yep. I remember that Pokemon used to put height, weight, basic characteristics. Big of time. These they do it. It's true. On their cards. Yep. You're telling me, Ryan Mead I, of the Athletic. You know, I know all these host, things. Host of a New York Rangers podcast that is actually a New York Mets podcast that is actually a horse racing podcast actually... that is now getting into the Wall Street game. Yeah. You, the host of that podcast, yes, going to look me dead in the eyes. And say that motherfucking Charizard is five foot seven inches tall. I'm gonna give you another one, and I agree with you. Very, and I'm gonna bring it back. This is why I'm the host. Very okay. similar to our Tim at Panarin, who says he's listed at five eleven, and I have to tell you, I've stood next to our Tim at Panarin. He's not five eleven. He is shorter. That's fine. That's good. But you're gonna tell me that Blastoise is five is shorter three? than Matt Zuccarello? Crazy, Cra- unbelievable. Five three. Yeah. Are you t- this? This is supposed to be one of the most powerful Pokemon in the entire Pokemon Kingdom. Well, I can punt Blastoise. I don't know about that. Yeah, but 
it's Blastoise in, in the 150, definitely a strong starter in the Pokemon universe, not even on the god level, or I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm a nerd. So, but the point is, I'm, Charizard. I was up. I was upset. Charizard five like, seven doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, and then so, Hockey Stat Miner, good friend. Good friend. Popular guy. Requ- tried the current guy. He tried to chirp me, being like, "Greg, you get." I get a lot of five eight well, energy to you. And I was like, "Yeah, exactly. I'm not intimidating. I'm five foot eight. That's my point. I'm taller than Charizard. I shouldn't be. That's embarrassing." Now, since my legs got stretched out, I'm now five foot nine, so two inches on Charizard. So that's super nice. But the whole point of this entire thing is two inches where it matters most, though, right? Right. That's all that matters. The Charizard, like in the in, the, welcome. You're listening to Butcher's Breakaway, number one New York podcast. Charizard in the. Pokemon series, like, Ash flies on him. He's gigantic. There's a lot of times where Charizard is is this mythical dragon creature that you see, but everywhere yep. else it's 5-7. Makes no sense. Mm. Makes limited to no sense. All right, we're going to talk about the divisions today, uh, the rumor divisions, because, as you know, hockey may, may or may not come back. Uh, let's get to that right away, because we'll do the— Well, um... actually, I was, think, I was thinking about this. We should say off the top, we have uh, a great oh, yes. conversation with our boys from the Knicks wall. Talk about the Anthony Knicks. Anthony Corbo and Kyle Maggio, yep. they're back. Because there was a draft, and as you know, not a whole lot of things happened hockey-wise. In fact, nothing fucking happened hockey-wise in the last week. But I, I, I want to emphasize how little anything has happened. It is November 23rd, Ryan. Mm-hmm. November 23rd in the year of our Steve Cohen yes. 2020. Yes, You're telling me, as unbelievable as Charizard and Blastoise's height are, yes. we're sitting here, and there's been no Matt Barzal rumors about him signing a deal with the Islanders. None. There's been no movement on the Anthony Sorelli front. Zero. There's been no movement on the Mikhail Sergachev front. And these these are three of the biggest names that are without, even right. if they were, we're about even to, if, if straight up big names. We're about to get deep in these in these rhinos in this wood, Gregory, because. I'm just, I'm just I, it's it's fucking ridiculous. It is, and everyone who says we're too negative, buckle up because. Yeah, uh, but this, but this isn't. Even, I'm not even being negative. I'm about this to. This is a, This is not a negativity <laughs> thing. I'm about it to. It defies logic. I don't. These guys make every team better. Every single team, including the team that currently employs them. You would think the team that currently employs them would do everything in their power to make sure they are signed well before anyone else gets the opportunity to. It is November 23rd, and it's not just that these guys are unsigned. It's that we wouldn't hear a rumor if it even existed. Nope. What? Not even a rumor. And guess what, by the way? I don't know if you've heard of this other sports league. It's called the NBA. What? Huge. No. We actually talk about Excuse it later. Me? Yeah, we're not an NBA what? podcast. Gigantic. And somehow in the most boring free agent class they've maybe ever had in the last, like in the yeah. te- in their 10 years of, of like true uh, 365 stardom of in the NBA where they've like mm-hmm. not come close to taking overtaking the NFL but have become a major player in the in the global game. Um, mm-hmm. they dominated the news cycles. Big players got traded. Uh, big the teams that were doing very well made big signings. The Lakers did a bunch of things. It was, it's it's actually phenomenal. It's like wow, there's so much going on in the NBA. And I look over the NHL and I go to the hockey Reddit and I go to hockey forums and I go on Twitter and nothing's happening. How is this possible? Nothing. We don't have a start nothing. date. January 1st doesn't feel realistic at all. Like, 100 players came on a, a, a Zoom call, and they all, like, frowned, and were like, uh, you're trying to make us renegotiate the CBA two years later? Or rather, after we— Two years at, later, two months later. Two months later, after we agreed to it two years early, my apologies, 
And then all of a sudden, that's that's it. Me, the NBA over there, they're gonna play. Uh, they're gonna play a reduced season, which is what the season we wanted anyway. When it comes to, mm-hmm. I want a reduced season in the NHL. I don't want any two games. I want less to get a better quality of play. And then not only that, Gregory, but everything's going. They're going crazy. They're giving out giant contracts. All these players, mm-hmm. like the draft happens. It's the worst draft ever. And yet there's still ton. Like Lafreniere was drafted in this draft. He's awesome. There's, the NBA draft was dog doo doo comparatively to most NBA drafts, and yet. It's still intriguing. They do so many fun things, and the NHL cannot do that. What what are we doing wrong? Like, the Rangers signed Jack Johnson and some other things. Like, there were no big free agent signings. The NHL needs to change their structure in the future if they want to remain like a... It has to be have more drama. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to be a please-like-my-sport guy. I love watching hockey. I like watching it more than any other sport. This is not a surprise to anybody listening to this to this at all but I also come for the drama I also come for the intrigue and when it comes to the NBA I follow it because it's just my soap opera I love it it's got all those aspects and the and the NHL doesn't have any of that and I don't know if that takes shorter contracts I don't know if that takes actually like making your players available and giving them personalities or is that just up to them to have it I don't know we give the personalities of the we Gregory I can't say I cannot believe we're saying this Sometimes we, I think we are responsible for some narratives for personalities on the Rangers. Two guys who don't know anybody or anything, period. So to have all that... Oh, like Chris Pryor being a... a he's Jigsaw. Closet serial killer? Yes. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's Jigsaw. Do you want to play a game? Chris Pryor is playing the piano in his living room. His head spins around yep. 360 and looks at you, and all of a sudden you're attached to strings. You're very confused. Um, mm-hmm. That's exactly that's why his neck is so long. <laughs> it's exactly it. Someone please draw that. Anyway, my point is, uh, the NBA is just dominating. And I would like the NHL to do something about it. And I don't know what what it is, whether it's shorter contracts. I know they don't have the money. They don't have the social media presence. They don't have these Hold things. on, hold on. You, you, said, you said the key word there, Ryan, which is that they don't have the money. I'm calling fucking bullshit. I really am. I'm, I'm tired of it. I've been tired of it for a very long time, but I'm going to be even more tired of it today. We, we got a tweet. A couple of NBA reporters were like, well, there's a chance that free agency takes a little bit longer to build this year because of coronavirus. And people are uncertain about what money to spend and what. <laughs> that lasted all of 15 minutes. Less. Literal 15 minutes. Less, dude. Right? Danilo got the bag. Gordon Hayward got more money than he's going to know what to do with for the rest of his life. Guys like freaking. He bought every I skin mean, Fred, in League Fred of Fred Legends. Fred, he bought every skin. Fred Van Vliet, totally worth it. But there were dudes signing contracts that is just bonkers. Bonkers dumb. People were dying to trade for Ed Davis and his $5 million salary. It, it's just ridiculous everything that's happening i am tired of the nhl crying poor it really is truly the only sport that does it half of baseball does it but the other half of baseball is like okay fine we'll just spend all the money and get all the good players we don't care about you right that's good and grand yeah enjoy our two million dollars in revenue sharing that means nothing to us the nhl is the only league where league-wide everyone is like oh we are broke you're not broke i i don't under- i don't get why fans allow these super duper rich guys to get away with crying that they don't have any money. Yes. The NHL didn't make as much money as they thought they would this year. The problem is when that is reported, it is reported as a loss. It's not really a loss. It's like if I'm, if I make a bet and I'm expecting this bet to pay out $500, but instead it only pays out $200. I didn't lose $300. I just didn't gain the 500 I expected to gain. I still made money. And that's what these NHL owners are still making money. They're not making the billions they thought they made. In fact, they're just only making the billion, one plural. 
get what, what what's the problem with the NHL, Ryan? I'm gonna say it's the fucking salary cap. Free market, baby. Let pay these guys what you think they're worth. And if you can't afford them, you can't fucking afford them. I'm tired of it. The only reason why salaries are down in the NHL is because the NHL wants it that way. It is an an utter embarrassment. Embarrassment that the highest level of contract someone in the NHL can sign wouldn't even get you Julius Randle. That is an indictment on your sport. And it's not because money isn't available. And I don't it's like- not because the NBA only has 15-man rosters. That It's because you just want to oppress the salary of the players you are paying. It, you're And you claim that it's protecting yourself from bad decisions. Sell your fucking team. I promise you I can find 31 super-duper rich people that just want to be super-duper rich and spend money. It's called European soccer. That's all it fucking is. And it's called the NBA. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of it. If there was money in this sport, actual money, people would give a shit about it because it would be, it, we'd be playing for something. Instead, we just cry poor. Every freaking summer, the NHL cries poor. Every time something happens, the NHL cries poor. Every time there's a possible lockout, it's because the NHL is crying poor. And they're doing it again with the escrows, the deferred salaries. Grow the fuck up. And they're asking You're them really to negotiate again. I don't that's You're what, really rich. All of you are a... really rich. You have more money than you know what you could do with if you lived seven other lifetimes. But because you have that money, you're now afraid of losing it. Get out of here. Screw off. Sell the team. Bring in owners that want to splash cash. That's the great thing about Dolan. He doesn't Dolan doesn't care as crazy as this is to sound. I we're know. We'll talk to Nick fans very shortly. But as crazy as it sounds, Ryan. That guy, the one thing you can't blame him for is he pays. Does he, he pay s- idiots? Absolutely. Yeah. That's his biggest not, flaw. Not of the Rangers, but that guy but yeah. signs cash. Yep. That guy, he just signs checks. He, do, he His money Does, is there to be put. Doesn't matter what he it is. Care. He signs the check. James Dolan. Yeah. That's it. Best hockey owner. <laughs> I can't yeah, ask he's for paying more. Like six, he's paying six people currently to not coach the Knicks. That's awesome. Like that guy I think doesn't care about Did he money. play Phil Jackson last year? Was his final year or something like that? It was like $25 million. He's still, he's still playing Hornacek, and now he's playing Fisdale. Nice. Yeah. Well, so he, Congratulations. My guy My guys. guy doesn't care. Doesn't care. Dude doesn't care. He, he's not good at evaluating talent on half of his business side, but he, he, he just signs checks. The NHL – won't make as much money as they thought they will next year. That is a fact. I will not sit here and dispute that. You're 100% right. But they make so much money on their TV deals that all those teams are profitable, regardless of whether and one ESPN is going to get in on this, by the way. They are not sitting out. It's not. It's yeah, not saw, just going to be NBC. I saw a tweet NBC. today suggesting that if the NHL doesn't start until February, ESPN definitely wouldn't be involved. Are you mental? Like that, that's, <laughs> that, that would make ESPN more involved. ESPN pays for championship league soccer not uefa championship i'm saying the second division of english soccer espn pays for because it's content they put danish super league soccer on their app because it's content espn is in the content creating business they would love to have the nhl they'd probably they they wouldn't sound any smarter than they currently do today talking about NHL, but they don't care because we provide them with content every night, especially since they, they kind of don't want to be in the baseball game anymore. They would love to have something on basketball owns Tuesdays and Thursdays. They would love for hockey to just own Wednesday and Monday. Well, when football is not being played. So Wednesday right. and Friday, they would love those days to just be hockey days. Those are now when we're going to just, it's what NBC tries to do, except NBC has just forgotten that the Blackhawks suck. 
So they just put. But Black NBC Hawks like on. doesn't did, doesn't we've talked about this a million times. They just don't do yeah, a it, good it, job. It drives working. us bonkers because yeah. it seems again. It, it, NBC is the James Dolan of TV networks because they give a whole lot of shits about their soccer coverage, which is why their soccer coverage is great. And then they don't care at all about the NHL, which is why the NHL coverage stinks. It's it's their soccer is Dolan with the Rangers. Their hockey is Dolan with the Knicks. It it's insane that both exist on the same hemisphere. And I've taken some flack for this, but every time I mention ESPN getting hockey, people are like, does that really matter? Like, yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. People, yeah. even if you cut cords, ESPN is still synonymous with sports. That's what it is. It's the number one. Like, if you are going to sports media and you're like, what's the number one sports media company? It's ESPN. It's not even close. What's number two, Greg? I don't even know. Is it the athletic? It could be. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is well, that- no, it's probably it's it's either Fox, right? CBS, but, but or when it, when it goes to like reputable, like you know, like who's who's reporting and stuff like that, that's really where it is. It's ESPN. That's what it comes down to. And if you want your sport to like get seen at all, like people still turn on to ESPN just because it's ESPN. No one turns on NBC and then NBC Sports like randomly. Like, hey, let's see what's on NBC Sports right now. Who is anyone ever said that? Like anyone? no, and the same said anyone? same said the Fox Sports. The, the reason why you want to be on ESPN is because you don't realize how important it is to be on that bottom line in a prominent position until you're on the network you, I, I I watch a fair amount of college football hand up that's me but when I'm watching college football there's a lot of downtime in between plays and I'm just staring at the bottom line it's why I know I don't want to know a lot about the NBA the NBA firmly ranks probably fourth or fifth on my list of sports that I would make time to watch in my free time probably fifth honestly it's definitely behind baseball mm-hmm. behind soccer yep. it's behind the nhl yep. and i would probably also put it behind college football yep and the nfl did i say the nfl i don't know if i did okay um i'd rather watch the challenge than the nba but the but challenge you, doesn't get yet, on espn's bottom yet, line Craig, so i don't think about you it you know everything you could tell me you, we could do this right now you could name 25 superstars in the nba without even yeah. thinking twice no no problem no doubt about it. Not an issue. You have to you have to have a position on that bottom line to matter. You do. It's that simple. ESPN, if they if ESPN cares about you, you will accidentally care about it too. Not because you want to. It's just going to happen. And, You're going to see it more. And You're going to get more app pushes. You're going to get more eyeballs on your screen. You're going to get better coverage of your sport. Maybe not better, but more coverage. And in some cases, in media especially, more can be better. You're not going to... The only time there's an NHL-themed show on NBC is when it's leading into a game. So stupid. On ESPN, you just throw ESPN on any part of the day. You're guaranteed to see, pardon the interruption, first take, fucking and all uh, these around shows the horn, are gonna NBA do, Live. Are going to talk about a highlight that happened and something that could talk like, did you guys see this goal yeah. last night, et cetera. Like, and I, I want to make this super clear. I'm not saying the NHL will ever, ever even be close to the NBA. Do I ever think uh, that spoiler alert, Ryan? It won't. Okay. Do I ever think that the 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 just casual fan will know ten NHL star players? No, I don't. But I I want it to be more uh, in the baseball realm of things where these bigger players are are locally big. Like everyone, like kind of like if you drive by, like oh that's Aaron Judge. Do you watch baseball? No, but I just know who he is. Like I want that to be like Lafreniere. I wanted that to be Hank, and it never was. That's you, just you know you know what you know what situation? NHL needs to be that the other sports are Ryan. What's that? The NHL needs to be harder to ignore. Agree. That, that's that's the biggest problem with the NHL. It's it's not that the product isn't good. It's it's not that the games aren't fun to watch. It's not that the stars 
are exceptionally talented. It's that it's easy to ignore. You, the NBA gets shoved down your throat 365 Dude, I can't. Year. And I know I listen to, like, the low posts and everything for the NBA. But even when I'm not, like, when I'm blatantly trying to stay away from the NBA, I can't. It's just there. Same goes the NFL. It for The NFL Dude, owns hate, day of the week. And I then hate somehow the NFL. Has, and I still it's know talked stuff. about every day. You know everything there is to know about the NHL, the NFL. MLB plays so often that you have no choice but to be channel surfing and you'll find a baseball game. It'll slap you in the face, whether you like it or not. The NHL is easily ignored because it's, it's not on a major network every night. The channels it is on are usually hard to find if you're a casual fan and you still, for some reason, have cable. And it's not talked about on a national platform like the other sports are. You can actually ignore hockey. Just like you could actually it's it's getting harder, but you could also actually ignore soccer in America. It's hard though. It's getting a little it's harder, getting harder to ignore it, but you can still do it. But the fact that soccer is being able to make moves in this country where the NHL can't, despite the NHL having a literal like 50 years head start on soccer. And it, it's it's just nuts. It's that's that's the biggest problem with hockey. You can find a way to ignore hockey. We're sitting, again, the amount of times we come on this podcast and say, well, shit, nothing happened in the summer. That, that doesn't happen in other sports. Whether it's small, whether it's just inconsequential, whether it's a new rumor, whether it's a new theory, whether it's a draft pick saying he doesn't want to play where X is. Every other sport has a narrative that's going on. Steve Cohen creates a narrative every day because he's just responding to someone else on Twitter. Right, and, That's all and you can write six articles about that. But we sit here, yeah. and there's only one player we can really write articles. You want to know why people talk about Tony DeAngelo so often? It's the only content there are from New York Rangers. That's it. What else do you yeah. want? There's nothing else just, out there. Since Steve Cohen bought the New York Mets, the New York Mets have signed one person, and it was a guy by the name of Sam McWilliams, who was apparently a Tampa Bay Ray last year, I'm but sure he never even pitched you, in Major Leagues. That's the only guy the Mets have actually signed. That's it. And yet, we t- the Mets have a new story every day. Every day, it, it it's but, not that hard. But yet, with the, the NHL the Met- and the Rangers, man, like we literally find the stories. Like sometimes yeah, I feel dude, like we- Alexi Lafreniere met the goddamn ping pong ball. That was the story for one day. Cool. That's <laughs> what, what are we doing? Yeah. Like why? It just it it blows my mind. It blows my mind. It it's not this hard to find content for other sports. The only reason why it's this hard. We should have like a Matt Barzell watch every day that he's not signed. I, again, I've given up on the hope. The Rangers aren't signing. Him. No. The Rangers were never signing him. It was a pipe dream. But you know what? You got fucking people talking for a month. But it's fun. And now it's fun. It's fun. To, it's fun to talk about the fact that there isn't a network just every night being like, "Hey, where do you guys think Matt Barzell's going?" and some Stephen A. Smith version in hockey just saying something ridiculous, being like, "I think the L.A. Kings have a chance." Because they have all these young pieces. They don't have anyone to spend on. They're in fucking L.A. They're the king of the crop, blah, blah, blah. It should be a story every day. But we're sitting here, Ryan, on November 23rd. And the thing that sent us down this rabbit hole is three of the best restricted free agents who are all under the age of 24 are unsigned. And no one's batting a goddamn eye about it. And not just that they're not unsigned, Ryan. They're unsigned by teams that can't afford them. And no one is making that a story. And it drives me absolutely bonkers. So stupid. So stupid. All right, let's quickly talk about um, the divisions, or at least the possible division for the New York Rangers, and we'll come back and uh, 
talk to the Knicks Walls boys. Actually, we'll do some five-star questions too really quick. But the proposed division, and I'm sure we'll break this down further and further as it gets actually confirmed, Greg, um, is the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, the Carolina Hurricanes, who might be the Pittsburgh Penguins, according to our friend Vince. They might switch that out. The New Jersey Devils, New Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, and the Washington Capitals. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a full show breaking this down, but off the bat, that feels like a not great division for the Rangers. Yes, no, the, yes, the if, Buffalo if Sabres are there, but they're they're a better team this year too, for sure. If the Rangers, in my mind, can't finish any higher than fourth, and I think it, I honestly, I, I said this on Twitter, I'll repeat it right here. I think the Rangers could finish fourth if everything, literally everything, goes right. That involves like Keandre Miller basically being the left-handed version of Adam Fox as a rookie. Everything possible has to go right for the Rangers for them to finish fourth. I honestly think it's much more likely the Rangers finish eighth. I, oh, yeah. You can make an argument. The Devils were super underperforming last year. They shouldn't be this year. I understand that they haven't made any any additions whatsoever, but I, the Devils should simply be better than they were last year. Uh, the Sabres, they didn't trade Jack Eichel, which Taylor means Hall. they should be better than they were last year. I, it, an argument can be made that the Rangers, on paper, are the worst team of that eight. Uh, see, I, and, I have the, the Devils clearly eighth for me, but everyone else like is – I can't – the Sabres aren't clearly seventh. They're not. I think the Sabres no. and the Rangers are in the same tier for me at that point. Yep. And, if, and if it's the Pittsburgh Penguins in there, that's just killer. Like the Islanders, I don't think they're going to regress that much. Yes, I think they will regress, but I don't think no, they will. No, I, I, think there's, I think there's a chance the Rangers finish ahead of the Devils. I think there's a chance the Rangers finish ahead of the Islanders. I think there's a chance they finish ahead of the Sabres if they're in a division. I think that's it. I would even say maybe there's a chance. Those are the only three that you could say for sure. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things go poorly for – uh, the Capitals this year. I think a lot of things could go poorly for the Hurricanes, possibly. But outside of those two other others, like they're, the they're Flyers, not, they're not are better too, than the Bruins. Flyers have a lot of talent, the, man. Flyers have a lot of talent. They're not better than the Bruins. Like every, in order for the Rangers to finish ahead of the Flyers or the Bruins, both those teams would have to colossally fail on a level that I don't think is humanly possible. Agreed. All right, let's get to five-star questions. We'll sure we'll break down the divisions uh, further in the in uh, the offseason here as we continue to the restart of hockey. All right. Uh, the, re- the restart of hockey where we don't have a date. We don't have a date. This is from Original like, MC. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> hey, kids, you're going back to school. When? Fuck if I know, but you're going back. <laughs> hey, fellas, Mike from New Haven again. It's been a while. Oh, if you want to leave a five-star question, leave it on iTunes. We'll read it on the show. We'll leave a five-star review. Mike from New Haven. It's been a while. Thanks, Mike. Welcome back. We've seen a, a Twitter trend of what is X but feels like X, and I figured I'd ask the same question but with the blue shirts twist. Also, speaking of Twitter, what do you guys think about fleets? So uh, what? who wasn't a ranger but feels like they were? First of all, what do I think about fleets? No, I'm, I'm I go good. to Twitter because I'm not on Instagram. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? I'm good. I, I will post the show that we – I'll be like, hey, we posted a show, and that will probably be the only fleet other than like my dog I'll post on there. I will literally just post that one picture from SpongeBob where it's the guy looking angry that you're distracting him from his cra- <laughs> uh, Krabby Patty. That is going to be the only fleet I ever I post. I kind of like that, to be honest with you. Uh, um, go ahead. Who was, a, who, who was someone that feels like a ranger but actually wasn't? Yeah. I don't know if there's like a particular guy that comes to mind for me. I, I, so when I jo- thought about this question for the Mets, it was a guy that was just in trade rumors for 27 years, but never actually came to the Mets. So like Orlando Hudson was the guy that came to mind. Um, the problem with the Rangers is if they're in a, again, the problem with the NHL is if you're in a rumor about going to a team, you're probably going to that team. I guess the answer here is Kovalchuk. Yeah, that's a good one. 
I think it's I think it's Kovalchuk. Jumbo, He's the only Jumbo guy Joe might be up there too. Rumored a couple well, uh, a couple times. No, because we Jumbo Joe was someone like we wanted to be a Ranger, but no one actually was ever putting him on the Rangers. The answer for Larry Brooks is Tyler uh, or not Larry Brooks. Josh Anderson. Uh, our, our, well, Tyler Bozak is one website's answer for sure. Yeah. The amount of time. Uh, Josh Anderson. Uh, Josh Anderson is Larry Brooks's answer, but I, I think I think for us we'd have to say Kovalchuk because. We, you uh, and I were convinced that we, he was in New York. We thought it was a we thought it was a done deal. I think we even tried to report it. All right, uh, let's go. Captain Dick Rip says, "Did Ryan butcher Poughkeepsie the first time he tried to pronounce it?" I'm sure I did. Probably. I'm sure this I wasn't. I don't remember, but I'm sure I did. Or maybe I'm sure if I put the letters that spell out the, the city name Schenectady, <laughs> you wouldn't know what to do with it. I would be like, "What is this?" Uh, or maybe You'd he be still like, does. Scyther? Scyther? He, he said, "Also, would you rather move to Sunrise, Florida, or would you rather the Rangers get involved in?" Uh, <laughs> or would you rather that wait well hold on this the way you wrote this is weird would you rather move to Sunray, florida one or only get would you rathers that involve the rangers losing in the conference semifinals that's pretty funny see now that's a good <laughs> would you rather that's a, that's a good one that captain dickriff where were you last year man uh i don't like i don't first of all i do not like criticizing our listeners but step it up guys what the hell are we doing here provide us with better content Come on, um, do our job for us. <laughs> I, I, the the only answer here is I would rather get the entirely terrible would you rather's because there's just fucking nothing in Sunrise Florida. Sunrise Florida is the NHL of, of the sports landscape where there's just fucking nothing, but apparently there's a team and maybe you know about it. Maybe you think it's Miami, but it is not fucking Miami. Like if I could think of one place in the United States of America that best represents everything that the NHL is, it's Sunrise Florida which is why it's fitting that the team down there, nobody knows exists. I kind of like this question. This is from, from the 732. It's a, it's a longer question, so I'm going to shorten it. But uh, Where so, is the 732? Great All question. Right. Find that out. I'm looking it up. All right. I'm so in the, question. in the honor of potential temporary divisions, which we just discussed, Gregory. Central New Jersey. Hey, what is Central? Middlesex, Somerset. Do, doesn't Union. exist. It's north or south. Um, what if... Instead of uh, using the regional names like the East, West, etc., Canada Division, they used important NHL figures instead. And you could have like a Gretzky Division, uh, an Orr Division, etc. What, what would we think of something like that? That would be fun. That's too fun for the NHL, in my opinion. I don't think that happens. Um, I, I'm actually – I'm honestly out on it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know two, if it's just shot, because shot. we've grown up in a world where regional – didn't the NHL used to have named divisions – like, remember. if you go to MSG, the Rangers won something called the Patrick Division for, like, 27 years. Didn't do anything else. Ah, uh, yeah, Patrick. he actually does mention the Patrick Division. There you go. So. Yeah. So, it, no, I, I kind of like the regionality, even though the regionality doesn't make any goddamn sense in the world. Like, <laughs> nobody considers Columbus, Ohio to be part of the metropolitan area. Like, it, the way the NHL is actually doing it is dumb. The NHL should just have a West and an East, just like the NBA. Forget it. Like, that should be it. it. That should be it. It's it's calling it the Metropolitan and then not having Boston in it, but having a Atlantic division and then not having New York teams in it. Like it, you have an Atlantic division and the Hurricanes, which are named after a storm that forms in the Atlantic Ocean, plays in the Metropolitan. That doesn't make any damn sense. No sense. Just, what what are you who are you trying to who are you trying to trick? Who are you trying to fool here? The, uh, DC from Tem- the Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Lightning. By the way, they play in the Gulf of Mexico. Not not in the traditional sense of the Atlantic Ocean over there. Not really. DC from Long Island says, the trade, uh, can we look back on the Truba trade? 
D trade was exchanged for Neil Pionk and 2019 first round pick. Last season, Pionk had a career high 45 points, and the Jets used the 20th overall pick for a left handed Finnish defenseman, who I can't pronounce his name, Vilhinola. I'm sure that someone will flame me for that. Who is considered the Jets' defensive best defensive prospect? Knowing what we know now, would you still have the Rangers to make the trade? Yes, because once again, we don't grade defensemen on points. Was Neil Pionk better with the Jets last year than he was with the Rangers the year before that? Absolutely. Would I expect Neil Pionk to make that move if he stayed with the New York Rangers? Absolutely not. At some point, some things work for one guy in one place, and they don't work for him in another. Right? It's not like Jason Bay went to an all-star game with the New York Mets. Oh, my God. So it's, it's, it's no. The Rangers need Jacob Truba to be really good in order to be really good. And he can be really good. He wasn't last year. I'm not going to sit here and try to distort the narrative in that regards. The New York Rangers wouldn't be a better team if they had Neil Pionk and Ville Hainola. There I think go. I'm closer than nice. you are. Definitely were. They're I not butchered. They're it. not better with that guy. As good as Hainola is in the Jet system, he would be behind Keandre Miller. He would be behind Niels Lundqvist, even though Lundqvist plays on the other side. He'd probably be on the level of a Zach Jones type somewhere there. Like he's maybe Matt Robertson is the better example of level of prospect he'd be at. He's a fine piece. The Jets tried to play him immediately in the NHL. And didn't that work? No, I, if I could go back in time, I would make the same trade again twice. Um, I just, we just need Jacob Truba to be better. It's not, it's not a bad trade because of the pieces that were exchanged. The Rangers need Jacob Truba to be better. They need Jacob Truba to be worth the contract he's playing on. I think he will get there. I can't say he was that last year, but I'm not worried about it. I'd do that trade over. I'd give Truba the same contract, all things equal. I I think the Rangers are better with Jacob Truba than they would be times 100 with Neil Pionk. Final question, and I'll speak about Jacob Truba another day because I have a lot of feelings, but I, I, I think I still do the trade. I think I would like to sign him to a cheaper contract, but that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, my mom rules asks this question. That's true, I guess. Uh, beyond Behind Lundquist and Brian Leach, obviously, is Sam Rosen... Not the third most important guy in franchise history. Yeah. <laughs> you could talk me into Mark Messier and hopefully Lafreniere and Panarin someday, but I have a hard time not having him in my top five. That man is a national treasure. Keep up the good work, my friends. Go Yankees. All right. Uh, you can't put him ahead of Mark Messier. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't, you I think can't it would be it. different Sorry. if Sam Rosen wasn't also doing other things. Like, I hear Sam Rosen every Sunday as well. Yes. So it... While, while I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the guy – it's like part of what makes Gary Cohen special to me is the only opportunity I get to hear Gary Cohen is when he's doing a New York Mets game. Whereas I, I understand if – before anyone could get in my mentions, I don't want to hear one person saying that Gary Cohen also calls Seton Hall basketball. I got news for you. I didn't go to Seton Hall. I don't give a shit about college basketball on the radio. I'm not going to listen to him. The only time I get Gary Cohen <laughs> doing baseball is when he's doing the Mets. It's not the same with Sam Rosen. I get a lot of Sam Rosen in my life. You can't put him ahead of Messier. Uh, he's probably on the – honestly, at this point, I don't think you could put him ahead of John Davidson. I was about to say, I John Davidson, like his partner, literally runs the Rangers. Like, literally. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I get I, – you could, you could make a strong case for top 20. Top five, I don't think so. Um, I'll no. be honest. This is going to sound like sacrilege. He, he's not my favorite announcer. He's up there for me. For sure, absolutely. I mean, I I don't have a pro I don't have a problem with Sam Rosen. I'm not going to sit here and say the Rangers 
Rangers games would be better without him. I don't know if they would. But, I mean, he's firmly – Mike Breen doing a Nick game, no Bang. question. Bang. Uh, the, Gareth Thorne. The Mets booth, no question. Um, Gareth Thorne, for sure. I love Gary Thorne. Yep. Like, imagine how much different life would be if Gary Thorne was just the Rangers announcer every night. Listen, I love Sam Rosen to death. I love the dude. He's great. He's awesome. So wonderful. So wholesome. Love his calls. Gets me super pumped up. I miss hearing his voice. Actually, I'm about to cry. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I love uh, I love Thorne, and he calls hell of a hockey game. Um, and this is just me. Uh, I, I know I usually bow to most Ranger populist takes. Love Sam Rosen. I think there's a lot of great people out there that could uh, equal him in his job. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and I guess maybe this is – maybe this feeds into the people that think we're too negative all the time. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why I love Gary Thorne is just, he's not afraid to call bad, bad. He does Baltimore Orioles games. Yeah. He has no choice but to call bad what it is. Mm-hmm. With Sam Rosen, it's always like, ah, this is a team that can win the Stanley Cup. It's a great just, team, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's almost it's almost too much positivity in my super negative lifestyle. Yeah. I need someone a little bit more real, Joe, someone that can get on my level. This kid is fabulous. <laughs> Gary, know, just... Gary Thorne would be on the call. He'd be like, I'm joined tonight by Joe Micheletti. Joe, I got to ask you an important question. How in the fuck did Jack Johnson get a contract? Yep. And Micheletti will be like, I'll tell you what, Gary. You're fired. Uh, the MSG geez. just called me. You're fired. You know, he's had a couple tough years, but he's a big body. And the Rangers needed a big body. And Gary Thorne would be like, no, uh, my mom's got a big body. Would she work, Joe? Uh, that's <laughs> oh, Gary Jesus. Thorne in a nutshell. Yeah. I, I hope Gary Thorne's mom is a lovely woman, by the way. Sure I've never is. had the opportunity. Sure she either. is. Sure she is. Gary Thorne, come on the podcast. All right. We're going to get to the Knicks Walls, guys, now. Uh, let's take a quick break. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. Reoccurring guests. We have the Knicks Wall. They are our brother, our brothers, our family. Uh, and they cover the Knicks over at the Knicks Wall, as that wasn't obvious. Uh, we have uh, Anthony Corbo. Say hello. Yo. And Kyle Maggio calling in. What's good? What's going on? All right, so uh, a lot has happened in the past week. We usually bring you guys on when there's some Knicks news or some MSG co-news at this point in time. Uh, I guess I'll start with you, Corbo, then we'll go right over to Maggio. The Knicks had a draft last week. What was your gut reaction just leaving? Like the next day you were like, oh, I feel what? Um. So the next morning after the draft, my basic feeling was – I. I wasn't happy about the Obi Toppin pick in the moment. Um, I definitely had a moment of like yelling at my screen, but as soon, you know, right after it was made, I was kind of also, I, I, I just rationalized it. I was like, all right, this is the pick. This is the, this is going to be the guy for us. It's not like the Knicks really have all that much filled out throughout the roster to where, you know, positional, you know, positional strengths really have to be considered here. Uh, it's not like Julius Randle's really doing us any favors. He's not the guy I would have taken with different players on the board, but I think there may have been some internal politics going on there. My general perspective was that I wasn't going to really overthink anything until Friday uh, when free agency opened, and free agency has been open for a couple of days. Most of the notable players have signed their new contracts. I'm generally at peace with where they are now, if not a little uh, frustrated still. Interesting. Maggio. Yeah, so pretty much just piggybacking on the, the end point there for my buddy Corbo. I, I'm not peace with it, but to answer your first question, um, I was actually weirdly happy about the Obi Toppin pick. And Corbo knows me best. 
I always want offense in the draft, and I especially always want offense via a guard. The Knicks will never draft a guard. I've accepted this. I'll go to my grave. They'll never draft a guard. However, they did draft nearly unquestionably, arguably if you really want to, because we live in 2020 and everyone does. They drafted almost unquestionably the best offensive player in the draft. I, I know. It feels weird for me to say that, too. He's not 24. He's 22 years old. He's not all that old. He's NBA-ready. He's not just an empty stat score. Obi's topic can also pass the ball, dribble, you know, dribble a little bit. Uh, he's very versatile. It's a very complete offensive game. And, yes, the defense is a concern, but that is why he is the power forward and Mitchell Robinson is the center. I couldn't be more on board with it if they weren't going to select the guard is the way that I look at it. You need an offense. The league worse in offense every single year. Spare me the defense. They had to get points. They had to get somebody of value in that area. And they think it's over. So we're going to see. But, you know, in, in the early going, I'm I'm fine with it. They weren't going to sign anyone this summer anyway. It was mostly going to be a down year anyway. So if you walked out of there thinking you got the best offensive player, then okay, now it's time to work. Now, as a newly minted Wall Street guy, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to be – a little upset. I, I'm with Maggio. I actually like the Obi Toppin pick. I thought it was the wisest, least wrong pick available on the board. I think Top, Toppin's floor is significantly higher than others. I understand that it sounds like I'm talking about Leas Anderson right now. I'm not, I promise. But am I allowed to be a little upset that they didn't go for Halliburton? Um, I mean, you could be upset yeah, you can be upset about it, but from everything I've heard about Halliburton is he and his team were very big on telling some of the teams in, uh, you know, who are projected to be lower in the standings not to draft him. Um, that's, that's a big reason why a guy who is as talented and was as celebrated as he was coming into the draft fell, ended up falling to 11, I think it was, and to the Sacramento Kings. Like, for the most part, there, was, there, were, there were a lot of teams where it seemed like the players kind of had some input on – you know, if they were going to be drafted high, they could say that they would like to be drafted low as well. Yeah, it's easier, Mike, Greg. Uh, the Halliburton thing, as much as I was a fan of him, and I wasn't on the Knicks taking him. I know some Knicks fans were down on him. I wasn't. But the thing with Halliburton was pretty much what Corpo said, except that it was specifically, if you can believe this, specifically tailored to the Kings. He wanted to go to the Kings. This is not made up. This is a report. He wanted to go to the Kings. He thought his fit was perfect next to De'Aaron Fox, and he wanted to do whatever he could to get there. So we'll see what happens there, but that is why Halliburton is not a Nick. So one thing that that I guess bothers me a little bit about the top and pick, listen, yeah, everything you said about him is wonderful, a scorer, all the talent in the world, but somehow in the NBA, and there, we make jokes about it in hockey too, but at 22, you kind of are who you are for the most part, for some reason. And I saw a different chart of, of like of like top 10 draft picks. I think he's like the second oldest draft pick of all time or something like that in the top 10. And none of those guys, uh, they showed like the older draft picks have ever really quote unquote worked out or become something. Is that is that something that worried you at all? Despite him being like, I know he has the offensive talent. He's got the great nickname, like ain't no stopping Obi Toppin, easy peasy, a lot of shirts being sold. But I, I can't, I, to me, I would rather just draft a younger player because statistically they just work out more than maybe the older players do. Before, before our beloved Knicks brethren weigh in, I just want to add in, that list ignored a. There was a Buddy Heald's name should have been in bold in that list because he's on it and he's very good. And also, the Knicks tried taking the youngest guy in the league 
and we're about four years away, four years removed from still not knowing what the fuck Frank Nitalikina is. But I, I will yeah. allow the Knicks wall uh, brothers to yeah. say All yay Alex. or nay to either of those points. I'm a dumb if we can, I have a lot to say about Nitalikina if we get into free agency a little bit more. Uh, but I'll, I'll save that and uh, stick to the draft for the time being. Um, I, I kind, I, I do see where you're coming from, Ryan. I just don't think that it's realistic at this point to expect. This, this front office right now has made no promises and made no inclination that they would be willing to take as long with a prospect as the Knicks have taken as long with Frank Nielakina right now. And that's not to say whether or not Frank Nielakina is going to pan out or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have him on one more year right now, and at this point you kind of got to see what you got from him. And, you know, like, you know, it, this is really the all the cards on the table moment uh, from all perspectives right now. But, you know, I, I think with Toppin you have – I, I think you're you're looking at a roster right now that's going to see a lot of turnover in the next year. I think you're going to see a lot of guys who are going to be moved in and out. I think like Julius Randle doesn't stick here past like that trade deadline. I think there are some of the younger players who will be on their way out during this season. I think that they are going to be making a big push in 2021, if not to land marquee star players, but at least to be notably improved and at least be able to compete for you know a playoff spot and hopefully secure a playoff spot. Um, and I think from their perspective, Obi Toppin is somebody who might be more ready to contribute in that, in that kind of uh, you know, situation. And the other thing to consider here, too, is, you know, the Knicks were drafting eight. It's not like they really had their – it's not like they knew that there were going to be some surefire prospects on the board who, you know, would take three years to come, to come about. But, you know, we'll get there eventually. You're, you're playing with a lot of gambles here, and I don't necessarily blame them for going for with the player that seems like the safest bet. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted to hit on, and, and that's an excellent point because generally, Ryan, I'm with you. Generally, you want to hit on the guy when you're the Knicks that is going to be the home run swing, that even if you miss, you can say you, you went for the upside, you went for the potential. And now here's where the, I guess, separation comes in because normally teams do those calculated risks and it works out. But then for the Knicks, they just had two of the worst whiffs you could have maybe ever had back-to-back drafts in NBA history. I'm not even trying to be, like, exaggerative there. That Those might be the worst back-to-back picks ever in Neil Aquina and then Kevin Knox consecutively. That is awful. So you could not, after getting RJ, who was at worst a semi-ready prospect, you know, at the number three pick, in a worst draft with the number eight pick, you, you can't take those guesses at number eight again. You know, like Ann said, you, you, they weren't sitting, you know, top five or top three. This was not the time to get cute. This was not the time. And I understand that even this year. And I never defend them. I'm almost too pessimistic with this team uh, is what I'm always told. And I just think at some point you need some kind of offense, some kind of NBA-ready talent, because you can't just look like historically the worst team in the NBA anymore. At some point you got to put out something that resembles an offense. So they thought Obi was going to be that guy. And like you said, there's always turnover here. In 2021, it's no secret. They've been looking at that draft. They've been looking at that free agency. They think, yet again, that they're going to be able to be competitive and trying to get somebody here. So if that's the case, take the NBA-ready kid. Swing for the upside. At worst, you have an okay NBA-ready prospect scoring a little bit, and you could try to move him. At best, he's a high upside offensive talent, and maybe you keep him if you swing and miss again next year. So I, I think it's a decent spot, given where they're kind of at this wasteland situation in 2020. And the thing to point out to go just to go piggyback off of that is, you know, even before Leon Rose got here, when they struck out in 2019, and that was like 
I mean, nobody disagrees that that was a big strikeout from where they thought they would be. But when they struck out in 2019, the goal was never to, you know, make it big in 2020. The goal at that point was aim for 2021, because that's when you're going to have a real chance to, you know, find talent again. And yeah, they could have passed. The, I would, I would not have been upset with them for patching holes in this off season. If they would have signed Fred Van Vliet, I would have been cool with. You know, I would have been happy, especially at the contract that he ended up going back to the Raptors for. You know, I would have definitely uh, been happy with that. If they would have even signed Gordon Hayward to a much lower and shorter deal than he got from Charlotte, I would have been okay with that. But you know, this off season needed to be about patching some holes. I don't know if they necessarily did that, but they got a couple of assets. Um, but you know, I think next year and you know is the one where is the one where they're going to try to make the big splash, and they want their their picks at least to be to be ready for that or to be moved on to their next situation. All right. Well, that brings us I, uh, to okay. Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. I got. I, I not to cut you off, Ryan. I have oh. a question for the room because I've had, I've been thinking about this exact move the last I think twenty four hours, and at its heart, I think in any other off season, it would have been a classic LOL Knicks for everyone to pile on them for this Austin Rivers signing. But can I just say that I don't know if I'm just crazy. I don't know if. All this shine from Steve Cohen and the Mets good graces that I've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Am I nuts for thinking that's actually a great signing? And that's could my favorite potentially, signing they've had so far. Yeah, and it could potentially get them like a Marcus Morris-esque pick at the deadline because Rivers is going to get uh, minutes. Rivers is going to get his points. Some contender is going to panic. And the Knicks could easily, maybe possibly pull a late first-round pick for him. Maybe. I don't think he has value, but the contract itself is good. I like. I don't think you could trade him for anything. Maybe a second. Uh, but the thing is, like, they don't ever have to worry. He is the okay. Um, I I know we're getting into the free agency thing here, and I know there may be more specific questions come along with this. But just one one point, one signing. Like, I didn't understand the Alfred Payton one, especially after waving him. And I thought what they really need right now is a break in case of glass player. Um, it, at that position because you, you have Dennis Smith Jr. and you have Frank Nielakina on the last years of their deals. So, you you know, you have to see what you have in these players now and you have to be able to give them room to, to roll. And to me, Peyton gets in the way of that. And, uh, and Austin Rivers at that contract, non-guaranteed for, you know, the not this coming season, but the two seasons that follow. And, you know, $10 million over the course of that whole deal is the perfect emergency player you have to put in there when you realize that everybody... No, you know, there you your players can't actually run an offense, but for the time being, like while well, you have one year remaining on these guys' deals, like you have to give them the room to be able to run. So I, I thought Austin Rivers would have be able to compliment them perfectly there. I still think he'll do that. It's it's really the Alfred Payton one that I have more of a problem with. Maggio? Yeah, no, I mean I, I agree mostly. I just had a problem with the Alfred Payton signing. Um this is the thing with where the Knicks are at, is that I obviously wanted Fred Van Vliet. Um, yes, I thought very clear. important to take that. Very clear. I thought, well, I mean, look, aside from the obvious memory and the jokes and, and all that, but um, he's a point guard that plays on and off ball, that can create a little bit and shoots a lot of threes and shoots them well. That's exactly what R.J. Barrett needs. That's exactly what Mitchell Robinson needs. That's exactly what this team needs. I thought for 20, $25 million, that was pretty affordable. I thought it was pretty reasonable. Take a intermediate step. Uh, Knicks fans are very crazed about the signing can't happen, the trade can't happen unless it's going to lead to a title. Uh, it's an insane logic. I'm thinking 35 wins is where you would want to look 
for the next step out of this hole. So that's how I've always thought about this. Year one, 30, 35 wins. Who's going to get us there and help us build towards 40 the following season? So I was fine with Fred, but it didn't happen. So Alfred is my only real issue because you can be bad meaningfully with a better fitting point guard. Like you could have signed DJ Augustine or even Jeff Teague. I hate Jeff Teague. I would have taken Jeff Teague just because he shoots threes at this point over the Alfred Payton signing. So that's the only thing that I really don't like because it's one thing to be bad. It's another to intentionally play a bad style of basketball for all of your rookies. Uh, And that's the brand of basketball that Alfred Payton brings to this team on on offense. It's just his style of offense doesn't work with them. It's just, it makes no sense. So, that's my only real break. Um, and, and obviously Dennis, who I love, but it stunk. And Frank, who also stinks. This is kind of where we're at, is that the point guards are all really, really bad. So it is what it is. On to 2021. That's also not to say anything of uh, the Emmanuel Quickly, who was drafted with a 25th pick that the, Nick had, the Knicks had in the draft. The, other, the, last, the last thing I want to say just about the draft before we move on, like from there, is just the, they had the moves they made were good. But the uh, like the players that they got after Obi Toppin didn't really seem to make a ton of sense. Quickly seemed like uh, like he's he's a great he seems like he's a good shooter at least he he's not a great passer from all counts. But it seems like at twenty five he was kind of a, a you know a kind of a random pick to take there. My thing is maybe they you know the reason they were able to get him there was he was looking for a first round promise and the Knicks were willing to give it to him um, something along the lines of that. But um, and then I, I don't honestly remember what happened with their second pick. I think they traded it away uh, shortly after making it, but they took a big man that I hadn't heard of. Um, so I felt like good moves to acquire those picks because they moved up on both their second round pick and their uh, first round pick. But overall, beyond the OB top and pick, uh, kind of head scratching decisions. Uh, you know, it seems like we're in for a bit of a mixed bag with what this front office looks like so far. Well, this uh this brings us to the, the real free agency news that w- almost was, which was Gordon Hayward, famous League of Legends player and somewhat notable rich man, um, was almost a New York Knicks by all accounts, uh, three years offered apparently. Uh, Maggio, I saw you really against this. The Charlotte Hornets end up ended up paying him for four years, one hundred twenty million dollars, a lot of cash. I actually don't hate the signings for the signing for the Hornets. I have no idea who they would sign, pay that money to otherwise, and if Gordon Hayward could become what he was in Utah at all after the injuries. Those are good. Why were you so against the signing, Maggio, uh, of Gordon Hayward? Of, for, for Four years, I understand, but three, what, what was that about? Um, uh, Ryan, to answer your question quite simply, mm-hmm. he is not worth that money. He stinks. Um, so <laughs> to elaborate on that, look, when, when he's healthy and when he's playing consistently, like consistently well, yep. he starts to throw together a season like the one he had, which was only 17 – like six or seven, you know, about six rebounds, some assists. And, like, that's an excellent third option, a high-level starter. That's not four years, $120 million. That's not three years, $90 million. That's barely two years, $50 million. So, for me, I was way out because all we've really known on Gordon Hayward is he had one bounce back year, and he was looking to opt out to get more years and the same amount of money. That's a very classic Nick signing. You're looking for a guy who had one good year and wants a payday. Everybody's talking about him like he's unselfish, like he's going to do all these positive things. Because he's a white guy. He opted out, and he wanted a big payday, and he's getting all these favorable things talked about him. He's not that good anymore. I, I, it's very, it's, but look, I get the skill set fits with R.J. Barrett. I get it to a little bit, but 
that's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't been very good, even when he's been healthy. So for me, it, it was an easy decision to skip. I was over the moon that he went to the Hornets, and especially for that contract. So lot, you're you're basically things. saying you're basically saying he's Middle America Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> he's he's just not that good, man. Like, I, and again, if you have full faith that he's going to be fully healthy and play all these games for you, that's great. He was a bit of a disappearing problem, no matter who was his teammates in in Boston, whether he was healthy or not. Um, I don't have four years and 120 million dollars to invest in seeing if maybe Gordon Hayward still has it, ages 30 to 34. I that is the least interesting thing. That is the easiest way to cap your team and their future. So that's that's where I'm. See, at. I like it for Charlotte because no one else is going there. It's not like they're like can suddenly be like, hey, Steph Curry, come on over. You know, it just doesn't happen. How dare you talk about Terry Rozier like that? Oh God, whatever. Um, let's get to the uh, the kind of the process of what the Knicks are going through because. I don't know if you've heard, but the Rangers kind of did a rebuild. It went really well. Um, we'll see how it turns out. Kind of got first overall pick and a second overall pick. It's been fun, got to be honest. Sorry, yeah, guys. Feel. Sorry, guys. It's been a real good time. Hey, man, you can't you can't be angry at us that Dolan splashed the lottery cash on the Rangers for some reason. It was so much cheaper. It was so much cheaper I, for the Rangers. Yeah, or no, I assume he meant to give the money to the NBA because he doesn't know he owns the Rangers. So I assume the problem is the, N- the NHL draft comes first. And they, the Rangers just called dibs, I think, on the money. Dibs is lost. I think that's what's fucking the for the Knicks here. Yeah, look, man, I was just I was just happy to draft third in a two player draft uh, last season. So, my dude, it hurts. Uh, it hurts me to this day. If John Morant or Zion was a Nick, oh my goodness. Uh, so now that Leon Rose has taken over, what has changed, at least for your perspective of the Knicks, is this just another one of those couple year situations where eventually. Leon Rose will be looked down upon and we'll go to the next great thing or is he actually trying to change the culture and build the Knicks into what would be uh, one of the most impossible tasks in sports making the Knicks a winning franchise yeah I to me it, he, they have all the potential to be exactly uh, you know the the first thing he said there's all the potential for this to be a complete bust that falls apart you know Steve Perry is still uh, the Knicks general manager for whatever that's worth um, but it, it's, look, it has the potential to fall apart, but as of now, I don't think this, I kind of am looking at this front office as more of, whereas the other front, the last regime's, uh, redeeming factor that they tried to, uh, play on was that they would be patient and build the team how it was supposed to be, which was a bold faced lie, which was, uh, you know, kind of brought to light with the Chris Sapsporzingis trade. Um, really this front office seems like what they're going to do is they're going to move fast. They don't have a lot of time for players who are going to take a long time to develop. They don't, they're, they are not in it to appreciate the quality of player that could come with a few years of of player development when they could go get a player of their equal, but slightly older and maybe overpay them a little bit more. That's going to be able to come and contribute now. Um, I think that there is definitely something to you need to have good players on lower on cheap contracts in order to really win and be able to sustain winning. Uh, but I think I think this regime is ready to make a splash in free agency when they can bring over players who are upset in other circumstances. And for what it's worth, even if that's maybe not the best way to build a team to compete for a long period of time. It seems like the moves and the trades and the the decisions and the uh, decisions not to make decisions 
um, that they've made so far have been uh, pointing them in the right direction. Like they seem competent. They seem like they know how to build teams. They seem like they know the salary cap and they know players values. Like I don't see them overpaying players very much. Um, but I think that they're going to not, they're not, they're going to make a move when they see it available. They're not going to wait for the perfect situation to fall into their hands. I mean, Jerry's still out for me um, and for everybody really. But um, I don't know if we just lost Maggio. I don't know. No, no, I'm back. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, yeah. But um, my thing is, when you hire an agent, you're not hiring them to rebuild, to run a team. You know what I mean? When you're hiring an agent, you're hiring them because they're connected. They know players. They know people. They want to get the talent directed, funneled into them, right? And what you're seeing with the Knicks is sort of that. You're seeing the CAA connection, right? You're seeing a lot of CAA guys come in, link to them. They're interested in them, which can be good. If you look at the Lakers, who had a hapless decade, hired power agent Rob Palinka and stumbled ass backwards into LeBron James and the rebuild of the century, you see how it could work. So for the Knicks, like right now, it's only worked out with, with Alfred Payton, you know, and like Austin Rivers, but the hope the hope would be in a, in a free agent class where there's actually, you know, five or six superstars and, and 10 or so stars that you're going to start hitting on some of these things. So I can't really make too much of it yet. I don't know, you know, and I said this back to Corvo, you know, way back in, in last season when they were even looking at, you know, um, hiring Leon Rose and bringing the Thibodeau, I was like, that, that's effectively the end of the rebuild. Like, you don't bring in those two guys to go, all right, well, let's see what we can get out of Frank Nielakina in year five. Like, that's not that's not why you brought those guys in. You brought you brought them in for meaningful, immediate, if not swift turnover. So, I think they'll probably be patient this year to get their bearings, but, you know, really remains to be seen the, the team-building aspect and really how good those connections can be. It could be a bad thing, too. And this is the last thing I'm going to say on the agent note, but um, the reason I'm skeptical is because although I think Leon Rose is probably a little bit better off, I just would like to remind Anthony and, and you guys about how the CAA thing uh, can backfire. Because back when they initially started their stronghold, the Carmelo Anthony era, and none of us minded because, you know, Carmelo Anthony was good at basketball. The Knicks were somewhat good at basketball. At least you could try to make that claim at the time. Uh, they were mediocre more than they were hapless, so it is what it is. But they effectively knew the most successful team they had in decades because the Andrea Bargani trade, because he was a CAA client who needed to come here. And then not just in an overpay, uh, you know, for a salary dump, but he also needed to play meaningful minutes. And it ended up ruining the team the next year, too. So these agent things can get tricky. As long as they're wheeling, dealing for the right guys, nobody's ever going to have a problem with it. If you start making some of those questionable deals to get CAA clients in on not great, uh, you know, moves, then we're probably going to have to start uh, second-guessing and looking at it again. Which I guess is the brings us to the question of who's the who's the get? Like, who like. Who, who are you going after to become, like, the, the new face of the New York Knicks? Uh, right now, uh, it's RJ. Giannis? Yeah, I is know Giannis, Giannis is the obvious answer. Right, that's but, not going to happen. But I, Giannis I don't is think not Giannis happening. Is real, yeah. I don't think that's in real consideration right now. But there are other uh, agents out There are other players available out there. I have to look at the list. But it's it's much more... Um, so, 
I'm looking at the list now just to yeah. give everybody some context into 2021, okay? You're looking at guys like LeBron, for example, is going to be up. I doubt that he's going to leave or come to the Knicks. Still be a Laker, is, you know, for sure. Yeah, like Anthony Davis is now rumored to not be looking for the full max this summer, but might be looking for another short deal to then cash out next summer. Uh, Paul George, I think, is up. Um, looks like DeMar DeRozan, who, again, you can say what you want about him, but he's still a star and still a free agent next year's draft, uh, next year's free agency. Right, but you, um, you, I think you're, Oladipo you're, is then an unrestricted. Uh, Oladipo oh, is unrestricted. Yep, you have you have uh, Kawhi's got a player option. You have guys like uh, you know like Drogic who's gonna it might hit it back out again. He's not guaranteed. But all these Miami. guys are to me like none of them are coming to the Knicks. Like who? But, Ryan, but, he, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. I don't think it's so much a play for these free agents. If you can get one of these guys, if you can get, there's so many of them. If you can get any one of them, that's a great piece to have there. To me, we, not no, hold on. There's there's just not a great answer for the who's gonna be like who are the Knicks gonna sign right now? Because mm-hmm. to me, and what this free agency period so far has exemplified for us, after not signing any kind of large contracts, the Knicks are in position to acquire a player who becomes unhappy in the situation. We don't really know who this that's gonna be right now, and I'm not talking about someone who like Russell Westbrook who has forty seven million dollars for three more years. Yo, know, like each year on his contract now. Somebody you know, but there are, there are going to be other players who are not happy in their situation who need to new home, and the Knicks will be able to grab those players and not give up anything. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, that, that's, that's really the gist of it, and that's why I want to, you know, piggyback Ant's point. I think the main focus for them shouldn't be who's the – obviously, who's the biggest star should always be priority A. You should want to get in the room, pitch those guys, and see if you even have a chance. Like, I, I'm very disheartened that the Knicks – the last couple of years, don't even want to take meetings with certain guys because they don't even feel they have a shot. You're the most valuable team in sports, if the NBA. Like, you should always be taking the meeting and at least try. But anyway, my point is, the next year's class is so much stronger. But yes, while you would want those stars, I'm more focused on, well, that means there's going to be more and better B and C tier level guys. And the way I'm looking at it is, if you're the Knicks, like, you should just be looking at, at it and saying, okay, we have all – I think I've got OKC. They have the most picks in the next five or six years. Um, and it's like, you know, they should be really looking and saying, okay, well, who can we sign that's a very good level talent, but it, maybe if we can't get a LeBron or somebody next summer, we're not going to break the bank. And then that way we have all these picks. We still have some cap to play around with. We signed a couple B tier free agents in 2021, which are, are closer to A-tier level this summer uh, and would have been A-tier level in this you know class here. And it's like, you know, maybe then you're on to something. If like a Donovan Mitchell's finally, after signing his extension, going to have enough of, of Utah, right? Or, you know, one of these guys you can take a calculated swing on. Even a Bradley Beal, maybe you can get him. It's like, you know, you can start to do these things very easily because you have the cap to absorb the entire contract and you're also way in the green with picks that no matter what trades you make, you're still going to be in the green with picks. You know what I mean? So it's like you're getting to a can't-lose situation where no matter what trades you make, even if it doesn't go the way you want, it still ends up probably looking pretty good for you because you could afford to pay it so easily. Right. The can't-lose can't situation for the Knicks is just a funny funny turn of phrase. I Listen, as, as, a, as a podcast host, for a team that dropped the bag on the number one free agent in years and also was able to essentially trade team a team back their own first-round pick for a defensive-making defenseman, and then a diehard fan of a team that literally is going to sign 17 people, all the best free agents in the world, and not blink twice about it. I just want the Knicks to be good. I just want to fit. 
I want to, I want to collect that final infinity stone. I have a rich <laughs> owner. I have a rich owner in baseball. I have the world's greatest hockey owner. I just, I just want a good Knicks team. That's all I need. I need a good Knicks oh, team and a competent Marist College basketball, men's basketball. Oh my coach. goodness! That's it. Never Those happened. Are the last two pieces. Never the happened. Last two pieces. Real quick, real quick. I just want to be able to say this. I haven't said it on my pod yet. Uh, shout out Steve Cohen. Shout out Mets fans for getting Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen, if you are listening, because you might be, please buy the New York Knicks. Please <laughs> buy the Knicks. I know you have the money. If not, you can find it very easily. Thank you. Uh, Maggio, honest question for you. Would you rather him buy the Knicks or the Jets? You can only buy one. The Knicks in a heartbeat. I'm not even thinking about this question. Are you kidding me? The Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, the Jets. I I take pride in in laughing at the Jets, and I would like to continue that. The Knicks. I just feel bad about. I I'm just. Uh, food tastes different. The shun the sun shines brighter, even though it goes down at one thirty in the afternoon. Now it's like my days are more full with Steve Cohen. He's talking shit to reporters on Twitter. He's talking shit to fans. He talked shit to J Lo today. Now that we've gone through all that, I know you got to get going, my my man. So I wanted you to you wanted to plug some things before we get out of here. Oh yeah. Um, so I, as much as I love uh, talking Knicks and especially doing so on a Rangers podcast and and talking to the, all these gentlemen on the call, of course. Um, you know, I, I've kind of been away from the Knicks wall for a period of time now, and I've been working on uh, releasing a little bit of music. Hey. So. Anybody would like to uh, give a follow to uh, my group. Uh, we're called Supercorp. Uh, we have, I am finishing up mixing our first and second EPs right now, uh, due for some release in December or January. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Supercorp underscore band. Uh, same thing on Instagram. Uh, bandcamp.com or hey. supercorp.bandcamp.com. That's a good place for the release. Uh, nothing really out there right now, but if you want to give us a follow for the time being, we should have some uh, some music out in, uh, you know, uh, some, uh, sometime soon, within the next month or so. It's kind of... As soon as you, you like put it out, I'll, I, will, I will retweet it, and everyone will be able to find it very easily. Thank you. If you like kind of like shoegaze, hardcore, punk stuff, That's you, me. I think you'll, you'll probably like it. That's yeah. me. Uh, Maggio, any, any other party any shots, other shots for party you? Shots for you you want to get out of here? You want to get out of here? Uh, you know? Just uh, make sure you're following the next wall. We just got <clears> a beautiful, if you're a Star Wars fan, a beautiful Obi-Wan shirt. Shout out Ryan Gray, who literally not a single time in his life has ever missed. Um, so please go to designtree.com. That is D-S-G-N-Tree.com slash the next wall uh, and go buy one. Holidays are coming up. We sold an actual ton of shirts today. You're going to want to get them. Uh, yep. Thank you. Thank you. So you're going to want to make sure you can get them for the holidays. Uh, if you don't order soon, you will not be able to. So get in now. Uh, aside from that, follow the Knicks wall, follow with the sports, and that's about it. Go right, Rangers. Honest. Final, Long final question. Long live Blue Shirts Breakaway. Long Thank, live you. Thank you. Final, final, final Knicks question for me. Uh, is Clyde more likely to say the force is strong with this one or make a direct Obi-Wan pun? When Toppin plays his first, like Toppin's first basket, I, dude, he's I just he gonna exclusive, dunk. He exclusively calls him Kenobi on the court. That's my bet. When he dunks, he's gonna say hello there, and that's gonna be it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I just, I would like to bet a lot of money that the first time Toppin breaks off on a breakaway and slams one home, we're just gonna hear Clyde go, "Oh, the Force 
is strong with this one. I just hope I just hope we get a uh, if he goes through like kind of a bit of a scoring drought. I hope we uh, get a after he uh, dunks or something. We get a that's a name I've not heard in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I like I like to think that Clyde has just been spending the entire quarantine at home practicing his lines for next year. But I especially like to think since they drafted Obi, he's just sitting there every day in the mirror just reciting. Ain't no stopping OB topping over and over and over and over again. But like in his Clyde way, you know, he's got, you know, he's going to try one, you know, you know how, like when he's been practicing, he likes to deliver one early in the season. You can tell he's just trying to get it out there, get a feeler. So that one's going to be the one I think. I do think the force uh, is with you is going to be a Clyde play. I think that's going to be a more like December-ish Clyde play once he settles in a little bit. I think early he's going to, he's going to, you know, he's an old man. He's got to rely on the the rhymes a little bit. Play the hits, baby. what about what about an Obi block and we get this is not the shot you're looking for? Oh, Obi blocking that. Obi blocking. All right, we got to go. All right, we'll be back next week. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Orion. Right, follow Pushers Break. Uh, follow Greg for hot stock tips. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.